0: Happy birthday, City Hills. Happy birthday. So glad that you're here. Hey, could you do me a favor? Give all of our guests a hand. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. This is awesome. Thank you so much for being here. What a, what a great crowd. Thank you so much for coming today and thank you for, thank you for being packed. Thank you for Okay, we're in the process of making more rooms, so we're thankful for that. Uh, we have a new kid's space that's going to be opening up shortly, and we're going to be knocking down a wall and adding more rooms. So thank you for your patience as, uh, as, as, as God's just doing His thing. And it's so awesome. And, and this is two years, and we just wanted to take a moment and just to say thank you. And we're, we're just so excited, not only with what God has done, for what, but for what God is going to do. And so I just wanted to take a moment, we, we've kind of been reflecting all week and talking about the church and all those kind of things, and we would love to just kind of bring you a little bit on the journey and, and and just let you in on what God has done in the last two years and then also look forward to what God is going to do at City Hill. So if you have your message notes, why don't you grab those and uh, those will be on the screen as well. But I, we want to walk through a couple passages of Scripture today, just to kind of um, talk a little bit about what we are and who we are as a church and and where we're going uh, as a church. Zechariah chapter four verse ten simply says this: "Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin." I want to read that again. So good, and maybe. I don't know where you are in your life. Maybe you're this is a brand new beginning for you. In some area, maybe you need a new beginning. And I I just I've been encouraged all week long by this because a lot of times we think small is insignificant, but it's not true. It says, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I think a lot of times we wait, we don't rejoice until it's all finished. But God says, Hey, I'm rejoicing just to see the work begin. So I just want to, I want to pray today before we get into this. And, and my prayer is not just that we go over the history of the church, but, but that God would do something fresh in your life today too. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done these last two years. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's, who's here today. Lord, Lord, thank you for what you're doing among us, God. We just want to say we, well, we don't want to ever take this for granted. And uh, we just we just say we commit our lives to you, God. Do something special in these next few moments. We're not interested in just another religious routine, God. We want to we want to meet you, and be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, amen. You want to talk a little bit about the beginning? Yeah.
1: Of the so in 2012, um, we had been feeling um, a transition in our lives. We didn't know what that looked like or what that was, but um, God's independently spoke to each of us um, on the same day, believe it or not, and told us um, Knoxville. And so we were kind of like, what in the world? Um, but I was ready to go like the next day. Um, he was like, hold on, you know, we got to work some things out. Um, so a few weeks later, we uh, were coming up this way to visit some family. And so we stopped through Knoxville for a couple of days and just drove the wheels off of our car. I I feel like we probably did, probably had to get new tires after that. We drove all around this city, east, west, north, south, um, Oak Ridge, I don't know. We just, we drove everywhere just, just praying and um, just, just seeing how we felt while we were here. And um, of course, we felt peace and we were, we were so excited. Um um, for the for the new adventure that God was taking yeah, we, us We on. were
0: living in Florida at the time and so we didn't know anybody in Knoxville so I was, when I felt the Lord uh, say Knoxville to me, I was like, what did I see a Peyton Manning commercial or what was it that caused me? And then I told her about it and she was like freaked out because she had had a dream and I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy and we came and visited and it was just amazing how good we felt. The name of the church actually came from, uh, one morning that we were here, I was, um, I had grabbed some coffee and was on Gay Street and looking at the city and the hills in the distance, and I just felt like God dealt with me that morning, saying, "I'm about to do something incredible in this city, and and I want you to be a part of it, and it's going to be from the city to the hills, and that's where that's where City Hills Church, the name of it came from, that 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 we would see a movement of God from just this whole region, all people, and it was. It was a pretty amazing thing to think of to to see what God was going to do. And so that's why we pray for other churches every week because we don't we didn't feel like we were coming and we were the only church that was Going to be making a difference. We just felt like God was calling us to be part of that, and it's been awesome to see what God's done in our city as we're partnering together and all the churches. As as uh, we want, we want to see every church filled uh, with people that need Jesus. Amen. And uh, that's that's just been awesome to see. So we we moved here. Took me. She's ready to go. Took me like two and a half years to like get everything together and figure out. Okay, how are we going to pay for it? What's how how what does all this look like? And who do we like? Can we meet somebody there? And so we moved here. Didn't know anybody. Uh, but we started, uh, we started just being creepers at Chick Fil A and Starbucks, and just trying to meet any person we could meet. We would let our kids play in the play place, and then we would meet people. And uh, I would sit at Starbucks and put, you know, um, you know, my Bible out or something. I was like, please, somebody talk to me. I just wanted to meet somebody and just connect with somebody. And. And, and God started just putting together, piecing together a people. We moved here. I was thinking about this this week. We moved here. Um, as you know, Florida's hot like, like it is right now outside. But we moved here right in the dead of winter. So it was we, we, we had like days and days and days of snow. So it was like from the n- nice weather to the snow. And I was like, I don't know what's happening here. I, have, I think I have some pictures. We, we, uh, uh, yeah, this is our house that we leased whenever we first moved here. This is our living room with all the church signage in it. And we're still using that. This is uh, our first uh, banners and flags and signs in our family. And we just started meeting people and started coming together. And uh, we, we said, hey, does anybody know anybody that lives in Knoxville? And we just were making phone calls and connecting with whoever we could. And we started having these things called interest hangouts which were just an excuse to get together, share the vision of the church, give away some free t-shirts, drink a lot of coffee, eat some good food. And so we started having those at Bridgewater Place Event Center, which is right off 40. And we used their smallest room that they have. And uh, we, we didn't even fill up the smallest The smallest room, this middle top picture is our very first uh, interest meeting that we ever had as a church. And God started bringing people together. I would share the vision and I would say, hey, in one month I'm going to do this exact same message. If anybody, if you're interested in this or if you know somebody, come back next month. So we did that for for four months and just started, God started bringing together a team. Then we got one of the bigger rooms and we kind of grew from there. And God started bringing together a launch team, and uh, I, I think God, and even in this picture, I think that's, uh, that's the back of Tara's head there. She was playing the keyboard a few moments ago, and then uh, Angela is right there to the left, and Angela's actually in the, in the room today. I want to honor her special today. Angela, could you just stand? Um, I want to honor her. Yeah. We're thankful for you, Uh, and I I wanted. this is a very special day, the church is turning to, and Angela was one of the first people to come on the launch team and to be a part, and today's actually her last day uh, here for a while, because she's taken an opportunity in California, in which we are very happy for her, but very sad for all of us, but she uh, has just been a part of the church from the very, very beginning, and our kids' ministry, and just everything, so I just thought it would be special on this last day that you're here so we can celebrate you, so can we give Angela a hand? And just the whole team, yeah. Um, some something that something that was really cool. We were well, actually, it wasn't cool at first. But we were trying to find a location, a venue for the church, and everybody said no. Uh, every, all the classes and different trainings I went to for how to plan a church, they all said you got to be in a in a in a high school. Got to be in a high school. Except every high school I went to was like a cold no, like absolutely not we've had a church, and it wouldn 't go good and just, it was no and I would dress up and bring barbecue and like wear a suit and do all the things they tell me to do, but they just would tell me no, so I was frustrated and didn't know what to do, so I just sent out a blanket email to every middle school in the city to all the principals and uh, just said hey we're you know, we're a church we're looking for a place to meet. Could you help us out and just a few moments later, I got an email back from uh, the principal at West Valley Middle School. And uh, this is a picture of West Valley. And two, about two days later, we went and met with her. And she said, uh, her name was Renee Kelly. She, is a, she was a, the principal at the time, such an incredible lady in our city. And, but she said, uh, the reason I responded so quickly is because two weeks ago, my pastor prophesied to me, that I was going to have an opportunity come across my desk that was going to make a kingdom impact in our city, and that she was supposed to say yes to it. And she said, whenever she saw my email, she said she felt like the Lord dealt with her and said, "This is that opportunity that you're supposed to say yes to." And she rolled out the red carpet for us, and we 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 were able to store all of our equipment there. And God just, uh, it was like, okay, Jesus, we're going to be all right. Like it was, it, it was it was just a wind in our sails uh, before the church began, and and and. It was pretty awesome. And
1: September 20th uh, was our first service, and um, it was probably the most uh, exciting, terrifying day of our lives. Um, you know, you've worked and you've prepared and you've gotten things together. You've secured this place to have church, and you've met these people, and you're like, is anyone going to show up? Or is it just going to be us? So we made sure and we invited all of our friends and family in case no one showed up. We would at least have a few people there. Um, to be there with us, but we had about 120 people that came out that Sunday, and um, we started City Hills Church that day, and it's just been a remarkable journey ever and since. It was
0: so weird because, like, no one knew each other, so it was like a room full of strangers. Mm-hmm. It's like you're at a concert or something that like, you didn't know anybody, and I was like, I, re- I distinctly remember thinking, Lord, can you ever turn this into a church? Because, it, you know, people would just, like, leave immediately after. I, we have a picture. I don't think I put it up there, but we have a picture of, like, people talking in the lobby. Uh, like of the school, the huge long lobby of the school, and I just remember taking that picture and being like, "People are talking. They're talking. They're actually talking. They're not just leaving. They're talking. It's amazing. They're talking." And uh, and, and and it was it was awesome in that place. We we started having a Gideon's revival, which is a revival in reverse. We start, instead of growing, we were shrinking uh, very quickly. But at the same time, our hearts uh, were were. We are just amazed at what God was doing. We started having our first uh, baptisms and small groups and those kind of things, and Financial Peace University, and groups started hiking together. And, and we started, uh, before the church started, we had 21 days of prayer. And then it was so cool to watch as the church grew to make that part of our culture and uh, to have prayer together. And, and, and all the, the, the small groups, the small groups kind of started just with, with our small groups and just a few in, on the team. And, and, and just God started building um, a, a church. In that group, it was it was pretty awesome to watch what God was doing, and it was such a it was such a kind of a winding uh, road because it would it was going backwards, but it was also going forwards all at the same time. And w- what I started learning by that is that God's way our, God's way is a lot better than our way because I had a kind of a perception of my mind exactly what the church was going to do. You know, I always said, we'll be in a school for two th- th- three years, and then we'll do this, and then we'll you know." I was so, and I look back, I was like, "That is so pretentious of me." To have that kind of attitude, like I'm gonna be the one that knows exactly what the it's it's his church, not our church, it's God's church. So so it's it was amazing. It's like as I and as our team kind of took our hands off of the church and just let God do it. Man, God started bringing just all the diversity and all the beauty and all the things that that we wanted to to happen, but but couldn't do it in our own power and, and that school we'd walk in. I remember one, one time we walked in oh, we were trying to walk in and the door was locked because there was no, jan, no janitor there to, to let us in. I distinctly remember many days picking the janitor up about 5.30 in the mornings and, and people would come and serve and set up and tear down and some of you guys are still part of the church today and I'm amazed you. that Thank you're still you. part of the church today and, and and I remember one that day that nobody showed up. I, I got every number that, that I knew like every every janitor that I knew in the school system and I was, you had Somebody has to let us in. And we got in like an hour before church started, and we just threw it all together as fast as we could. And I don't miss those days. I do not I do not miss that at all. Um, but I remember we, had our, um, we were there 11 months at the school, and then we had an opportunity right after Easter. I got a phone call about this space here. And whenever I started figuring up in my mind what it was going to cost us to move in here, I thought, I don't know how in the world we're going to be able to do this. I don't understand how, how we're going to be able to make it Happened. And at that time, there wasn't many people that were really giving, and it was a very new church. I distinctly remember a Sunday where we had $20 and a gift card in the offering, and that was, that was what that week was. And it was costing us over $1,000 to be in that place every week. And I was thinking, what are you doing, Lord? I don't understand how the math works out on this. But I just remember the Lord putting so deep in our heart, don't manipulate people. And if it's His will, it's His bill. So if it's God's will for us to have a permanent space, then he's going to provide the money. So I, I remember doing a message about the principle of the tithe in the Bible. This idea of giving our first and our best, our, this 10% back to God, just honoring God. And I told people, we're not putting some kind of thermometer up. We're not going to do a building campaign and bug you to death and all that kind of stuff to get you to you know give a certain amount. If, if you'll do God. In the scripture, I just see that our responsibility is to tie. If you'll do that, if you'll if you'll honor God, God will God will make sure the church grows. Like He'll make sure the church is okay because we didn't have any ability within ourselves. And I just remember that was such a. A moment of faith and a defining moment because I said we're going to trust God and God's going to bless the church as we're faithful and, and it was awesome I went to the post office box that week and there had been a check in the mail that was supposed to be delivered on Christmas to the church but it had kind of went back and forth had like four or five stamps on it you know it had been a bunch of different places except for our mailbox and it finally made it on that week and it said it was from a church that I've never heard of I do not know the pastor um, I, I, it was Mississippi and it said well our congregation felt to give this to you and would you please give it to your area of greatest need right now and I just just that Sunday before said that said that uh, we were going to do this, and we don't know how we're going to do it, but God's going to provide. And that was five. And I went to the the bank, I mean, to the PO box the next day, and there was a check from someone out of state for three thousand dollars. And before that week was up, I was able to go back to the church, and over twenty thousand dollars had been given from outside, just random things in that one week's time, so that we were able to stand up and say, "Hey, guys, it's taken care of. That if we're you're faithful, God's going to be faithful to build the church." And God started teaching me that it's His church, not our church and if we'll do what we're called to do he'll make sure the church grows and and, and we, we at one point we had all the money to be able to uh, renovate this space but we didn't have any chairs we just had a hundred folding chairs you'll see some I think they got some out today because of how full we are but we had these folding chairs and I was like you know Lord I just wish we didn't have to have the, you know we had folding chairs at the school and I thought if I ever see another folding chair in my life I'm going to kill somebody you know, we want something, you know, people we wanted a nice chair, but we didn't have the money for it. And somebody came randomly visiting from another state, came to church on Sunday just because they were visiting family. And they called me that next Monday and they said, is there anything that, that you want for the new church that's $5,000? Because I distinctly feel like we're supposed to get $5,000. And the chairs that you're sitting in right now are that $5,000 that someone gave. So that, Yeah. <clears throat> And God started building his church, and and God started doing uh, awesome things. Yeah,
1: so on our last Sunday at the school, we hit 99 people, and we had never broken 100 at the school, and so he was like, somebody has to be pregnant in here. Is anybody pregnant? So we hit 100 people on our last Sunday there. Praise God. We, yes. Um. So then the next Sunday uh, was our first Sunday here in this space and I'll never forget standing up here and looking out and just people just kept coming in coming in and I was like where in the world kind of like today a little bit uh, sorry guys um, but uh, I was like where are they gonna sit this is crazy but we had over 200 people here our first Sunday in this building and we just give God praise for that um, we're just it's so exciting. Um, in the year, and it
0: just kept growing. I, I, we, we wrote down, this is what's happened in the last year of the church. So just since we did this last year, this is what's happened. We added a second service in the last year. Um, we've added a third service in the next year. <laughs> and, uh, and and also, I want to say this too. I know this is really, this is a packed service. Next week is going to be more packed <laughs> and because we're starting at the movies. And, and uh, if if, you're, if this is home, like City Hills is home for you, I'd love I'd love for you to think about coming to the early service or the later because this is where guests are going to come and let's just keep, keep making room as a church, Amen. Uh, so we added a second service, we added a third service in the last year. Uh, we sent our first missionary couple out to South Africa, Ross and Catherine Crabby. I know a lot of you have not met them. I can't wait to introduce you to them in November. But they they uh, they went they they they'll be coming back in November and we're gonna get to hear some awesome stories. We took our first overseas mission trip to the nation of Guatemala this year. Um, we started um, the main event this this year, which is which is a outreach ministry to for by middle school, high school, college, young adults, um, and 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 this is so much part of our heart. We were youth pastors for twelve years before moving here. And you don't know how much it hurt my heart to look out and just see a, just a couple teenagers in the, in the audience. Because that was my heart. That's what, I, that's what we've spent our lives uh, around teenagers. And I knew what God, God had dealt with me so many times about the church, that this church was going to be a church that empowers the next generation and, and raises up leaders of the next generation and, and just makes a difference in the lives of students and young people. And, and, and to see that begin to blossom and come come to pass is just absolutely amazing. We started a middle school ministry in, in the last year, um, our, our serve day this year, over 100 people were there for serve day, uh, serving our city, and, and uh, it was on the news um, this, this time. Also, we went from zero outreach teams in the last year, this is amazing to me, to over eight fully functioning outreach teams in our city. So, so, what that is that's that are those are ongoing s- small groups that are constantly serving the cities, and they do different things like yesterday, there was one group that was doing free oil changes for all widows, single moms, and military wives while they were getting their oil changed, they were getting massages, they were getting their hair done, they were getting all kinds of essential th- oils and all kinds of things <laughs> ladies it, it was they were loving it and and someone with tears in their eyes told me you don't know how much this means to me." Because this is... Like, oh I needed we needed the help and then and then that that's just a normal thing around here and last week there was there were two groups one was serving the homeless downtown and another I mean it's just constantly uh, there's groups every Tuesday that, that serve food to people in need our food truck ministry and and the eight different team. we have we have uh, we have one group that they do nothing but work with international students at UT trying to develop relationships with them so that they can hear about Jesus and take Jesus back to their countries wherever they are and and, and they're just eight different groups that are constantly, we have anti-sex trafficking ministries and all these things have happened in the last year. It's unbelievable what God does whenever people rise up and say, I want to do what God's called me to do. Um, We Went from um, we we tripled the amount of small groups that we uh, that we have actively. I, I, we were trying to figure it out. We probably had around I don't know eight to ten a year ago, and there is well over thirty. And they are they are just hitting on all cylinders and just doing incredible things. Our women's night of worship, which is a, a extension of of a, of a, of one small group that just keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, they just had this room filled with ladies from all over our city and. Uh, just to see what God's done has been awesome, and then our new kids space, of course, this is what we've been praying for, uh, giving toward. Uh, we are we are right at the cusp. We are like on the ten yard line, and we are uh, we are really excited about the progress. So we, we we would love to have in the next two weeks. It's going to be open in Jesus' name. So so uh, hopefully next week, but maybe in the next two weeks, um, we're just everything's kind of coming together. We're at the wire, and if you'd like to be a part of helping that, uh, we usually have a men's breakfast the last Saturday of every. every. Every month, we're going to have a men's breakfast. I'm going to take care of everybody's breakfast, and we're going to have a work day over there. So all the guys want to help with that. But uh, what God's doing is just awesome. We're thankful for 3,000 more square feet just for kids. So to God be the glory for that. So I just want to take a moment, and can we just together as a church family just give God praise for what he's done. We say not to us, but to his name be all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And I, I want to say this, that in all that God's done, let's not assume that that's all God's going to do. That God's not limited. He has more for you. He has more for this church. And I want to share a verse with you that is in your notes. And if you want to read it with me, we'll get into the message today. It says, that this is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean. He carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles forget about what's happened don't keep going over old history be alert be present i'm about to do something brand new it's bursting out don't you see it there it is i'm making a road through the desert, desert rivers in the bad, in the badlands i love this passage because god's bragging on himself he's like hey remember that red sea i did that hey remember the manna in the wilderness Making food where there was no food, I did that too. Hey, remember making a way through that wilderness so that you would be safe? I took care of that. Remember escaping Egypt and Pharaoh's army? He said, I'm the God that did that for you. I kind of like a God that brags on himself a little bit. Like, I'm awesome, I'm mighty, I'm powerful. But in all that, God is simply telling them, but don't dwell on what I've done in the past because I'm not finished yet. And I've titled this message, Just Getting Started, because I think that's the kind of God that we serve that in our lives and the life of this church, God is just getting started. And I thank God for all the miracles and for what he's done at the school in the past and all those things. I thank God for that. I drove to the school this morning before church and I knelt on my knees in that parking lot and I thank God for the miracles that he did there. And I pulled up on this parking lot and I said, God, thank you for what you're doing here at this place. I never thought that it would. uh, this has already surpassed what I thought we could do in this one location. But I just want to say that God is just getting started. Started with what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to exceed our expectations. That that the buildings haven't been built yet, and the things haven't been done yet. But, but God just wants to, wants us to know that in our lives, no matter what he's done in your past, today's a brand new day. Like like don't dwell on it. Even if it was great, then you know celebrate it. If it was bad, then learn from it. But either way, don't live in it. The rearview mirror of your car is great to glance at. But I learned my first year of driving that it will make you have a wreck if you live in it. (laughs) My first wreck was because I was driving out of my high school watching my friend's car in the rearview mirror. And I I didn't notice the car in front of me. And I don't know what your life's been up to this point. But I just want to give you some encouragement to let you know God's not finished with you yet. You haven't made too many mistakes for God not to love you. And for him not to have a great plan for your life. That he's just getting started in your life. So I just want to share with you just four principles today that, as a church, how we can keep moving forward. Because maybe you weren't at the school. Maybe, maybe you haven't experienced some of the things. That's why I love to just show you so you just kind of know a little of the context of what, where the church is from. But, you know, all that's great, but it's in the past. And you're here today. And we're here today. And why don't we allow God to go from where we are right now and let's all work together to see what he'll do in the future. And so here's some principles that we can work toward and that we're committed to as a church to help keep us moving forward. Here's the first thing, that we know that God's power is infinitely greater than our efforts. That as a church, we're founded on the reality that what God can do is so much greater than what we can do. That all of our creativity, all of our best ideas, all of those things will always fall short to the power of God moving in someone's life. That's why we as a church do 21 days of prayer. That's why we have prayer teams. Yes, last Sunday while we were having service in here, we have teams now that are in intercessory prayer praying for people to come to God while we're in these services right now. Because we just believe that we don't want people to have a relationship with the church or an encounter with the church. We want to see people have an encounter with Jesus and be changed by His power.
1: That's why it's so important for us um, at the end of service when we have a response time, is because we decided um, that we wanted to make an encounter with God part of the culture of this church. If you need healing for your body, if you need salvation, if you need prayer, that's you know that's what it's all about. These you know coming up here and and. Creating that culture, that atmosphere of worship and prayer.
0: Yeah, at the school, I remember us talking about that because at the school, no one would come to the front. (laughs) It was like, it was like there was this, like, it's like if you walked up, you would die or something like that. And (laughs) nobody would come up front. And we were like, Oh God, you know, and we talked about, do we just stop doing that? And it was like, no, we believe that the greatest part of each service is not what happens when someone's singing or someone's preaching, but it's whenever you have an encounter with God. And so after that moment of response, I remember at the school, no one would come up and kind of people have their hands in their pockets like, well, why aren't we done yet? And and, and I just felt in my heart that that God wasn't done with us yet, and that I just imagine and, and see it in my mind, marriages getting restored, and people being filled with the, with the Spirit of God, people having healings in their lives, and people coming to Christ and lives being changed and us and essentially being a church not of information, but a church of transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And, uh, And having a worship culture, like where it's not weird to lift your hands. You know, it, it's, it's not weird for us on Saturdays to lift our hands and shout and scream for our team. And it shouldn't be weird for us to lift our hands, shout, scream for our God that went to the cross and changed our lives. And, and, and in, the, in that, God fills this church as we get out of ourselves, get out of religion mode. Like, oh, I'm just going to have another religion. Uh, you know, I'm going to check my religion box. No, I'm going to have an encounter with the living God. And that's what's going to change and that's what's going to change my life. That's why James 4.8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. So here's a critical question. This is in your notes. What do I need to do to get closer to God? Because we don't want you to experience a church. We want you to experience God. Like not a religion, but a, but, an, but a relationship with a real God that loves you and cares for you and wants to give you purpose in the middle of your life, in the midst of Anything that you're going through. Here's the second thing. That we are a hospital for the sick. Not a country club for the saved. That this is a value that you got to embrace if, if you're going to help us move this forward. Because if, if you don't, this church will get annoying to you because there's always going to be people sitting in your seat and parking in your parking place, and and, and you're gonna to have to be changing service times, you know. And I like the ten fifteen, and I'm not, you know, like, like if, if church is all about you, then 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 everything's gonna probably be inconvenient every time a new person comes. I remember the third week of the church, one of our launch team members came to me and said, I don't, "This church is just too big for me," and uh, well, this is gonna be our last Sunday here. And I'm like looking around, thinking, "What are you talking about? Like, there's nobody here." He said, you know, this church is just too big. And, and, and I thank God for that season and, and that person and, and for all that. But, but what it made me realize is that, you know what, not everybody gets a culture that it's, it's not about us, but it's about being inconvenient so that we can see more people come to Jesus. And it's not about us. It's, it's not about us um, having everything that, that oh we have to have. This is all to serve my needs. But, no, I'm on a mission to serve the needs of somebody else. That changes everything. Uh, about a year ago, my mother-in-law, which I think is here in the back row, are so thankful that she's here. My brother-in-law, but uh, I, I, being the awesome son-in-law that I am, and she will be forever indebted to me. She fell and hurt her leg at our house, and I picked her up with my Hulk-like arms and took her. Not really, sorry. My kids think I'm Hulk, but but uh, they'll they'll learn someday, right? But they. Uh, we, took the, we I took her to Park West emergency room, and she was bleeding. Just where, where she cut her leg, it just was bleeding really bad. And, and the thing that I'll, I'll never forget about that experience is, man, they swung open the doors, met us with a um, met us with, with a wheelchair, wheeled us right in, I mean, took us right back. And she's bleeding all over the place the whole time. And, and, and not one time did they say, oh, you need to clean her up before she gets in here. We just buffed these floors. We just spent $10,000 on these new chairs. You know, look at her. You better not mess up them up. No, they realized that they weren't, they were a place, that's what they were there for. They were there for people that needed an emergency and for people that were sick. And God, let us be a church where we don't tell people oh, you got to ch- change and clean up your life if you're going to fit at City Hills. Let this be a place where we realize we're for the broken. We're for the people that have needs. We're for people that are drug addicted and have questions and broken marriages and questions about who they are and, and their past and like this is this is what we're here for. Like we should be Rolling out the red carpet and and loving and hugging. I witnessed it last week. It was I saw someone walk up brand new. They told me that they had some needs in their life, and this was kind of a last ditch effort. And I watched one of our VIP uh, team members reach out to them, greet them. Uh, He introduced them to me, and then he said, "Hey, do you have anybody to sit by you?" This person sit by this new person at the end of service. He walked up front and prayed and, and gave his life to Christ with this new person. He sat down. He filled out the connection card to be baptized with this new person, and in. service, We just baptized him and his two sons in this first service this morning. Guys, we're a hospital. That's what church is all about. It's not about just coming and sitting and leaving and never being changed, but it's about loving people, people that are broken and people that need God. That's what at the movies is all. That's why we do all that stuff. Not because we're trying to be cool or trying to. We're we're trying to make the invitation as easy as possible, so that sick people and people that have sick marriages and issues and problems that they can come and meet a God that loves them and cares for them right where they are. And in Matthew chapter ten, verse thirty-two says, "Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven." But everyone who denies me on earth, I will deny him before my Father in heaven. Here's the critical question for this. Have I made my relationship with God public? There's no such thing as a private faith. That This is public. Like, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm living to be a hospital. I'm a living hospital, reaching, loving, caring for broken, broken people. That's why we're having baptisms today, to help people go public. We'll talk a little bit about, about that in a minute.
1: And point number three is: we believe that life change takes place in authentic, honest relationships. Something um, for me, this became very personal. Uh, with small groups, um, we didn't grow up having um, those kind of having small groups, so it was it was new for us, and we knew we wanted to implement that in the church. And I'm so glad we did because with sisterhood, especially for me, um, was a huge. Uh, benefit for my life just to be able to share and 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 create those relationships with these awesome ladies because we are nothing if we are not a family amen and Christ Christ did not die to build a monument he died to build a family and so uh, we're the family of God and from the beginning um, of you know this dream to plant this church we we prayed for a church that would look like heaven and because um, there's there's so much division in this world with racism and class warfare and, you know, all these things that are just trying to divide us and separate us. But I believe that City Hills is a picture of heaven. I know that God looks down and he, and he sees that and I'm so thankful for that and I'm so thankful um, for this church family, um, you know, moving here, leaving, you know, everything that we knew in Florida, you know, with with friends. We didn't have family there, but we had friends and Um, You know, we had built these relationships, and people loved my kids. They were there for their births, and they helped us, you know, and they loved them, and they're like, can we have the boys? And I'm like, yeah. Like, you know, I didn't have to ask them, and they would just take them, and and, um, so, you know, moving here, that was a big thing for me, you know, as a mom, and, you know, my boys needed that family, and now... Uh, they can't wait to come to church. They want to come every day to church, and they're like, "Is so and so going to be there? Are my friends going to be there?"
0: Um, I pick up our five-year-old uh, <laughs> from school, and the first thing he says, Are "We going to church." Like, yeah. we
1: to, and they then on the way there, he's day.
0: like, "Is so and so going to be there? Is so and so going to be there? Is so and so going to be there?" He's got all of his friends.
1: So, <laughs> but we we were raised in church. Um, you know, that was our family, and that was that was our core. And so, I'm just so thankful um, for you loving our family. I just wanted to say thank you for loving our family. Um, those that are guests, I'm sorry. I'm just loving on our church family right now, but this is a great family, and I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. Thank you guys so much.
0: And let this be a family to you. Like, we want to be a family to you. Like, that's not just a church, but a family. Like, like people, there. I tell people this in the city all the time, you just got to meet the people here. You just got to meet them. You just got to meet them. Because it's a family, and uh, God took that group of people that I thought just were so disconnected. Now I look, and man, somebody can't have a flat tire without there being people um, helping one another. And and it's just it's a family, and and God let us never lose that. Is our prayer John thirteen thirty four? Jesus says, "A new command I give you: Love one another, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love." One another. Here's the question for this. Will I let someone know the real me? Will I let someone know the real me? If, if you're not a part of a small group here at City Hills, you're really missing the best part of City Hills. You really are. Because it's not what happens on stage and, and it's not what happens on Sunday morning, but it's what happens in relationships where you just let people know the real you. And we just started small groups and you can get involved. And there's a small group for you, I promise. There, there's, there's a group that will meet that will connect with your schedule. You can go to our website, or we have a small group wall. You can take all the pamphlets and find out more about it. But let, let's realize it's not about coming to church. It's about being the church. It's about getting outside of these walls, about loving one another. And all the world will know that, that we're His disciples, not by how loud we use bullhorns and tell everybody else they're wrong, but, but, but everyone will know by the way that we love each other. By the way, we love each other and care for one another because everybody wants to be a part of that. Here's the fourth thing. We will continually take next steps spiritually and help others do the same. This is our goal as a church to become disciples of Jesus. That we would continually take next steps in our relationship with him. The reason why this church is so much fun is because everybody's on a journey together. Like everybody's moving, nobody's stagnant, nobody has their name on a pew around here where they're just saying, well, it's, this is mine, you better not sit here, you know. No, no, no we're moving, we're, we're, we're growing, we're expanding, and, and, and we're growing in what God's called us to be. And, and there's people here leading small groups, you never imagine yourself leading a small group a year ago. You never imagine yourself being involved. But, but, but God's, you're on a journey, and God's doing something awesome in your life. Paul wrote this, Paul, like the Apostle Paul, he, this is what he wrote. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, not that I have achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. If someone like the Apostle Paul can have the attitude that he has not arrived yet, then you know what? All of us should have the same attitude, shouldn't we? God, I haven't arrived but 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 we're going to be a church that takes next steps. And here's here's the question for this one: What is my next step right now? And I love that question, because a lot of times in our walk with God, we get focused on what everybody else should do and what our spouse should do and what our family should do and what our coworkers should do and what everybody else should do. But but as a church, let's focus on what we are called to do right now, like. It, does, it takes the mystery out of it. There, every one of us has a next step on our spiritual journey right now. And, and what is that? And I encourage you, take it today. Maybe it's getting a group. Maybe today your, your next step, and I, I just want to teach about this for a few minutes before we're done, maybe your next step is to be water baptized. Maybe you've, Jesus is changing your life. You've given your life to Him. Maybe, maybe the first time or the first time in a long time, and, and your next step with God is for you to be water baptized. Acts chapter 2 verse 41. I just want to talk and teach about this for just a few moments, so kind of demystify this idea of what baptism is. Uh, Acts 2: 241 says, "Those who accepted His message were baptized. And there were three, about 3,000 were added to their number that day." So in the Bible, every time you see someone baptized, it's like 37 times in the New Testament, every time someone baptized, they're baptized as a believer. So they're baptized because of what Jesus is doing in their life. And, and not they weren't baptized, you don't see anyone that was baptized whenever it wasn't their decision, maybe when they were a baby or things like that. You don't see that in the scripture. And not that it's evil or, or terrible, but, but but if that was you, your family did that in hopes that one day you would come to the reality and the realization that you are today and say, I am all in with Jesus. Like I'm giving my life completely to him. And I like to say this, it doesn't invalidate or it doesn't, you know, it, it's, it's not a dishonor to uh, the family. Maybe when you were baptized as a baby, it's really an honor and a fulfillment of you saying you want to follow Jesus fully with your life. Because here's what baptism is, three simple things. Baptism is, is to follow the example set by Christ. So we're baptized because Jesus was baptized. Jesus didn't even sin. He didn't have issues like we have issues. But he said, I want to be baptized to show you this is the, what you do. And if for no other reason, that's a pretty good reason to be baptized because Jesus did it. And we're Christians, so that literally means we're following Christ. So whatever Jesus did, we, we want to follow that as well. So Jesus was baptized. So we're called as believers after we put our faith in Jesus to be baptized as well. Here's the second thing, to demonstrate my changed life. We're baptized to demonstrate our changed lives. In other words... Baptism is this sign that we're going down an old man, and we're coming up a brand new man. My uh, my grandfather, he was uh, my mom's dad. He was he, he he wasn't he didn't serve the Lord for years and years when my grandmother did. My grandmother served God alone, the, and while my mom was growing up, and one day God was getting a hold of my grandfather's heart and. He came to the, he came to the Lord at a watch night service. I don't know if you ever heard of anybody ever heard of a watch night service, which what that means is you just stay in church really long on a on New Year's Eve, and uh, everybody has to testify. And if you leave, they'll wait till you get back from the bathroom, and they'll make you testify. We don't do those, <laughs> and, but uh, but uh, <laughs> but but anyways, my grandfather came uh, came to the Lord at a watch night service and he came down to the altar and uh, he, he, was, he had some addictions in his life. He laid his cigarettes on the altar, which represented for him kind of his old way of life. He laid it on the altar and he said, I'm ready to give my life to God. And they broke the ice that night on the pond behind the church and they baptized him. And I have a picture of him then breaking the ice and getting baptized. And my grandfather is one of the sweetest, godliest men I've ever known in my whole life. And if he was here today, he's a crier. He's real quiet. And He just, he just cries, cries, cries. And if, I, if he was here, he'd be, he'd be doubled over crying right now. Because I always ask him the same question. Papaw, was it cold? He says, oh, no, son. He said, it was the warmest I've ever felt in my whole life. Because he was giving his life fresh and new to God. And God changed his life that day. And friend, I want to tell you, God can do the same for you. It doesn't matter if it's a horse trough or a pond or whatever it is. It's down with the old man, and God can give you brand new life. And then the third reason is to declare my commitment publicly. I like to call baptism the wedding ring of Christianity. The wedding ring of Christianity. See, this ring that I wear, it doesn't make me married. If I take it off, it doesn't mean it's like, not married, married. Not married, married. No. But this wedding ring shows every person on planet earth that, I'm, that I belong to Kara, that, that I have a commitment to her, and I'm not ashamed of it. And I want the whole world to know that, that I'm in love and that I've made a commitment to my wife. And that's what baptism is. If you've made a commitment to Jesus, I challenge you, go all in and let the whole world know, everybody. It'll change your life. Uh, Pastor Todd, can you help me out, man? Maybe you say, "Well, I'm not ready to be baptized." You know, I got my, you know, clothes. I don't want to get my clothes all messed up. Well, well, we got you covered. We we have a, we have some, we have a, uh, was it, we have some shorts for you here. <laughs> we have some black shorts for you here, uh, so that you can you got a change of clothes. We have uh, flip flops that that you can keep. It'll be your gift, and they even have the tag on them. Everybody, uh, we have we have uh, t-shirts that say "Raise the Life" on it, so you don't have to get your clothes wet. We have uh, unmentionables for for all those things, uh, but. We have hair dryers for the ladies. We have, we have everything that you need to be able to take that step. Maybe you say, well, my family's not here. Um, you know, I, I want to wait for them. Uh, I, I just, I, I, One of the things we do is we have, we have photographers and videographers every single baptism that we will share that with you so that you can share it with your friends and family. So, uh, and, I, and they will be happy that you took your step in trusting God because you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for Him. And so we'll help you chronicle that memory and have it be able to do it today. And then also you say, well, I don't want to go first. Well, we've, already had, we've already had three people today, and we already have people saying they're going to get baptized this service, so you won't be the first one or the only one. So today you can be baptized, and you can take your step of faith with God today. Some of you came in dry, you're going to leave wet in Jesus' name. Now, I didn't think there would be any better way to celebrate two years than to celebrate changed lives. Because church, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I just want to pray for this, for this church and, and just pray for this. Why don't we just bow our heads and, Father, we, just, we dedicate this church back to you again today. Lord, we thank you for every person that's part, God. We thank you for every leader that serves, God. We thank you for every person that makes a difference, that gives, Lord. We just want to say we don't want to ever take this for granted, that we get to be part of your church. It's not our church, it's your church, Lord, and we thank you that we get to be part of it, God. Lord, we commit it to you. God, do whatever you want to do in the church, God. Lord, have your way in this city, God. Would you bless every church in our city that's lifting up your name, God, as we see that fulfillment, God, that we're going to see a revival like we've never seen before in our city, God. Change us. Make us new. Make us into the people you've called us to be. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.